Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only Monk rewatch podcast that tolerates exactly 0% Funkin'. I feel like Monk would find that to be the correct number. My name is Jake Christie. I am one of your hosts, and I am a longtime Monk fan. This is a rewatch podcast for me, and I am joined, as always, by Andre Barrera, who is on his first watch through of Monk. Andre, how are you? You know what? I kind of feel like I need a vacation. That's it's funny you say that because we're here to talk about and of course it, you know it's funny you say that because this is the joke you're making. Uh, we're talking about Mr. Monk takes vacation, um, and uh, as you might be able to tell by anything you've ever known about any mystery show ever, when the detective goes on vacation, someone's getting murdered on that vacation. It just it's always gonna happen. Yep. No, for sure. I mean, I knew. I saw the episode title. I knew that this was gonna be anything but. And, and you always know, and you you can just tell because of like you know, uh, Sharona and stuff that the episode's gonna be about like like Adrian. I thought we were taking a vacation, you know. Right. Yep. One hundred percent. You're right. Yes. So that is what the episode ends up being about. Um, what are your overall thoughts about it? Um, it was fine. It was good. Uh, it was. I I don't know what to expect going forward, but. It's very much just an episode. Like, that's yes. the way you can describe it. Yes, I agree. I think that there's some stuff about it that annoys me. Um, I think that the ultimate conclusion is not set up that... Um, there's a couple things that stick out when you rewatch it, particularly knowing how it ends. Um, like, they kind of give their tell about the maids in a very... Um, like, specifically, when, like, out of nowhere, these maids characters you haven't really met before start talking about how Lupe quit. It's like, Lupe got murdered. Let's not be stupid. Um, but anyway. Right. Well, uh, let's start going through the episode. Um, this is the, uh, the first Benji-heavy episode. Got a lot of Benji yep. action. Yes. And my, uh, the I mean, the way that I'll remember this, personally, it's the fact that um, there's, like, almost zero police presence. Correct. It's just one phone call with mm. Disher, and that's mm-hmm. it. No Stott, no Stott whatsoever. No Stott. Uh, I don't know I if anyone's called him Stott. I mean, yeah, you, I, I, I always miss Ted V. I mean, I, I'm fine with that. You're, I'm never going to tell him not to be a trendsetter. But, uh, you know, let's start off. Um, it starts off, you know, Sharona is sunbathing. Um, Looking and, great, by the way. I mean, you know, this, she's, she had to be like, you know, you have me, you know... Go, go, looking like an idiot carrying monk's water like let me wear a bathing suit for a couple scenes and you know what like yeah. that's what you gotta do sometimes and uh tv producers they know what the audience want um and uh they gave it to us but anyway what they did not give us is any skin from tony shalhoub because he's wearing his full suit right right well, yeah no for sure um however still keeping it fresh with the nice shades and the and the fedora on he's looking mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. you know he's He's got a consistent style. I feel like now, not that what he wears is um, in fashion now, but I feel like nowadays someone who wears the same thing every single day is like a cool thing. Like it's like, oh shit, like, whoa, man. He wears the same, because as long as it's a suit, like if you're wearing like the same t-shirt and shorts, you're disgusting. But like if you're wearing like the same suit <laughs> every single day, it's like, wow, man, he's really got an identity. Like people thought Steve Jobs was a genius just because he only owned one turtleneck. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but you know what? He has like a little personal, like when the when the occasion calls for it, he has like a little personal flair he throws on it. So I appreciate uh-huh. that. And uh, Benji wants to go uh, on a jet ski, and 
uh, Sharona correctly tells her like nine year old son that that's too dangerous. Um, going on jet ski unaccompanied is for nine year olds. Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on yeah. one one second. Sure. Um, where the hell was this vacation? Okay, I was gonna bring that up later. So the answer has to be that it's somewhere in Southern California. That's the answer, or more Southern than San Francisco, California, because. Okay, I was thinking Santa Cruz or something. Maybe I wouldn't know. I've never been to California, so you would be better, oh. better judge than me. Um, All right. So I was thinking somewhere like that, like obviously not like LA, but I was imagining one of those uh, towns in between. Um, and it's because specifically they drive there, and uh, as you find out, I don't know if you've done a little perusing on IMDb, but there is an episode. The season finale of season one is Mr. Monk in the airplane, and it is the first time he rides on an airplane. So we know he didn't take an airplane there. Okay, alright, I did not know that. Well, it's fine, I mean, I, I suppose using an episode title might be construed as a spoiler, but, um, anyway. She, Sharona gives Benji a quarter to look through the telescope, which, you know, is a nice thing to do, and he's not happy about it, and it's fine, you know, I would have been loved to look through the telescope, thank you very much. But, he's looking through the telescope, and he is looking at the hotel, and he sees, in one of the rooms, there's a struggle. And a woman gets stabbed. And she falls to the floor with her with blood running down the window as she tries to hold herself up. Theme song. I mean, that, it's a pretty good cold open. I mean, you know, it just it's well staged. Um, the odds of it happening are astronomical, uh, but uh, it, it is well done. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this is right or not, but like the exterior of that hotel looked fake as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you, 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 it's... Do you think that's real? I know. I said that I think it's... Uh, I think you're right. Um, I think that they definitely... I honestly don't even know what they do to cheat stuff like that. Because it's like, where did they shoot on location where they didn't they? Like, the small budgets of cable shows in 2002 are uh, something that I'm not... I don't fully understand, but I do know that they're very, 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 very low. Anyway, um, we then cut to, after the theme song... Um, we meet uh, uh, Rita Bronwyn, who is the head of security, um, and Tony, I forget his last name, who is the hotel manager, um, as they have shut down anyone coming in and out because someone witnessed a murder. Um, but Tony, you could tell he's going to be the foil for the episode. He's not having it. He's like, it's not a penitentiary. We can't stop everyone, um, which is exactly the way you want someone to react when they're told that a place they manage had a murder committed on it. <laughs> right. I didn't even catch his name, so you got me on that one. But, yeah, Major Dick. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of him. However, no. big fan of the security lady? Yeah, Bron, Bronwyn. Okay. Okay, hold on a second. Was that Amy Sedaris? It was not Amy Sedaris. That's bizarre. She looks nothing like Amy Sedaris. At all. Okay, actually. but like she was the guest star on the show. No, she wasn't. Well, Amy Sedaris was on an episode God. of Monk. Amy Sedaris was on an episode no. of Monk. No, at the end of the credits it says and Amy Sedaris or whatever. That and must have been like, a mistake. Where the hell was she? I don't know. That must have been a mistake okay. of some kind because Amy Sedaris does actually guest star on an episode of Monk at some point. I don't know. Maybe Amy Sedaris was supposed to play that role and um, I don't know. Let me give me a second. I, I gotta. I'm gonna look take a look at these IMDb trivia's to see if there's anything. Yeah, literally because. Literally, like, that was the last note I made on the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, that was Amy Sedaris? Like, that didn't even look mm -hmm. like her. Now, because the notable thing about the actress uh, who plays uh, 
Rita Bronwyn. Her name's Polly Draper, who, once again, a good foot taller than Amy Sedaris. And also, I cannot emphasize enough how little... uh, I mean, she's she's dressed up in so many different ways. Like, it's really hard to know what Amy Sedaris looks like, kind of, in a way. Well, like I said, Amy Sedaris does eventually guest star on Monk, and we'll turn to this conversation, okay? But, uh, which is kind of funny, because it's not like Monk had every guest star in the world, but they did happen to have Amy Sedaris once. Um, but... Go figure. So Polly Draper, this actress, is actually, I, I was like, because they gave her a special guest star thing, and I, I feel very protective of that. Um, you know, I was a big fan of the West Wing, and they would use, be very stingy about that, and they had actually some, like, really famous people. It's like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say that I, I know everyone, but, like, if I don't recognize an actor or actress's name, it's like, are they really, how special could they possibly be? But... But, 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 Polly Draper oh, is boy. is notable for this one thing, that she co-created the Nickelodeon show that I did not watch, The Naked Brothers Band, because she is the mother of actors, that. actors Alex and Nat Wolf. So, I don't know if you're familiar no with that. No shit. Yep, she is their mother. No way. Okay, mm-hmm. wow, that's, that's really interesting. I did not, don't see, I mean, I guess maybe. No, I definitely, I mean, like, in body type, certainly, like, the super lanky, I definitely see that. Um, yeah, okay, for sure. Anyway, uh, so shouts to Alex and Nat Wolf. That's Wolf with two Fs. So, um, you know, they decide that. They asked uh, Benji what um, room it happened in. And it, I just want to point out that we're recording this on a Thursday night. Before we were, I, I watched this episode on Monday thinking we'd do Tuesday, but um, I had uh, another podcast to do, and, you know, uh, Andre had to, you know, be with family or whatever, uh, so uh, we had to push it back. Yeah, what's that? I know, family, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, um, so they realized it was room 401, right, which is a suite, and I didn't remember this guy's name. It's, um, it's had this hedge fund manager asshole. John Fenimore. John Fenimore, but you couldn't get Tony, okay. Oh, I'm kidding. Um, I put I put John Fenimore slash a gross bastard. Yes, correct, correct, um... So they go in his room, and it is spotless. Like, no one in the right mind would see his room and say, someone got their ass murdered murder occurred. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I think that this episode, episode, this episode touched a nerve for me, because, and I'm trying to remember, think about what it is, because I always get super uncomfortable in any story where a kid witnessed something terrible happened, or like a monster or some shit, and wasn't believed. And I think it's because I read too many Goosebumps books growing up that, like, it really, like, makes me un- <laughs> deeply uncomfortable. Because the next scene is, like, them being like, did you make it up? It's like, no, I saw what I saw. And it's like, because I remember I would just always, I would have, like, nightmares as a kid, like, being like, what would happen if I saw something really bad? And I had to, like, beg my mom to believe me <laughs> I saw it. Um, and you know what? Well, okay, how, how inseparable, how, like, how close were you with your brother? My, um, my brothers. I was close with them, but they probably would say. Actually, it depends what age. For most, actually, if at Benji's age, I, uh, I was not close with them, and they definitely would have accused me of making it up. Um, <laughs> like there's a hundred percent chance of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I, I don't want to go into the family dynamics of exactly what would happen if I was Benji in this situation because, you know, I already pay a therapist to go through stuff like that for me. Um, but, uh, anyway, so they're like, dude, you know, cause he apparently, Benji draws comics, like, oh, you make, this is like a imagination thing, or were you imagining it? And it's like, Benji's a little too old to be talking to him like this, like, 
just be like, dude, did you make up the murder? Like, I'm not saying that he's an adult, but like, it's like, maybe you imagined that. It's like, he's nine, stop it. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's not, he doesn't have imaginary friends anymore. We can, he's in a, he's a, he's like basically a teenager. Let's just, let's a, exactly. So, um, you know, they kind of just table that discussion, and Monk is, Monk is convinced though, because like Benji wouldn't lie to him, is what he says. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but we do have the benefit of knowing that Benji's not lying. Yes, correct. Uh, now, um, we meet, uh, we're in the lobby and we meet Sean, who is Sharona's vacation boyfriend, basically. And, uh, what is, what is, what is the first thing he says to her when we see him on screen? Wait, okay. Oh, did I skip something? Did we, did, did, did we talk about how when Monk meets Fenimore already? Oh, crap. I skipped a whole scene. My, that's my bad, guys. Uh, this is what yeah, happens yeah. when... Uh, that's what that's what my reference to like him being a gross bastard. Yes, he is a gross because... bastard because, yes, he's ta- cause he's like, you know, Monk accuses him of murdering his wife. Well, not not in so many words, not really, but like, where's your wife, yada, yada, yada. Talk about how he's a gross bastard. You just watched the episode. Uh, yeah, no, so uh, basically uh, Monk, yeah, like you said, accuses um, Fenimore of like arguing, or, like, you know, being at odds with his wife. He notices that there's a pair of slippers and an alarm clock meaning that him and his wife are staying in separate rooms. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as Monk is known to do, figure mm-hmm. the most inane bullshit. Um, and so the guy says, John Fenimore says that he, yeah, you're right. I did get into an argument with her and we're staying in different rooms, but we actually made up. And we made up twice this morning, mm-hmm. which is just terribly Yeah, untruth. I don't need to know that. Stop Shame it. on you. Stop Shame it. on you. Stop it. Yeah, that's all I had to say about that. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely not a good guy. Um, he didn't kill his but wife. We know, what? correct, like that he kind of like he didn't kill his wife, but he is a jackass. Uh, so anyway, yes. I apologize. So yes, now we go to Sean, Sharona's boyfriend. I apologize, audience. Um, but okay, what is the first thing that uh, Sean says? Um, then I'm gonna have to apologize because I okay. don't know what that is. Okay, because I just—it's so such a—it's so perfectly cast him as a jackass, and also Sharona's reaction to it is so perfect. Where he's like, "My Sharona," you ever hear that before? Oh, okay, yes, that's that's true. I actually first I commented on the fact that like Sharona's makeup is, woo, aggressive, way early two thousands, mm-hmm. just incredibly that era. Secondly, yes. The whole scene was pretty funny to me, but obviously, I thought the whole time, the second I found out her name mm-hmm. was Sharona, mm-hmm. in my head, in my living room, of I was course. thinking that my Well, Sharona. that's, that's the, I mean, to me, the funny thing about the scene is, and this is obviously what was supposed to be funny about it, was that, like, he says that, it's like, have you heard that before? And she's, I yeah. guess, because she wants to make him feel like, ah, oh, I've never heard that before. It's like, you've definitely heard that before. That's like if someone uh, said to Hannibal Burris, like, you're like Hannibal Lecter, and he was like, never heard that before. Like, no, of course yeah, he's heard yeah, that yeah, before. Yeah. The only thing. Yeah. Now, do you know uh, the story of the song My Sharona by The Knack, who, who it's about? Isn't it about an underage girl? Yes, it is. It's about a 15-year-old girl that the, like, I don't know if he's lead singer or guitarist. Like, I don't know if they ever had a relationship, but he had, like, a crush on her that was really inappropriate. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Sorted History on the Knack. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I really wait. Soon you know. to reform. Soon it, to reform. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know if we're canceling. I don't think we should cancel My Sharona, but it is a thing to keep in mind every time you hear the song. Um, so, yeah, this guy buys a pair of douchey sunglasses. Um, and <laughs> describe it another way. I mean, yeah. I mean, Monk's got a better sunglass game than this clown. I'll tell you this. Sure. 
I maybe it's just having grown up in the South, but like that type of sunglasses is like, and that the shirt too. He's wearing like the athletic fit don't, shirt. Don't be don't be disingenuous. You can't say you grew up in the South. You grew up somewhere in the South. That's not the South. You grew up in Florida. I grew up the I no 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 the area I grew up in Florida is a hundred percent the South. It is a hundred. Oh no I no 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 you are correct. It is the South, but it is a very specific South. Sure. How yes that's fair. This is fair. However, I think that a thing that is universal about around all parts of the South is like, the guy who like has that spiked up hair, wears those sunglasses, and is like. A golf shirt, exactly. Like a dry fit? Yeah, the dry exactly the dry fit golf shirt when he's not golfing, you know. And you know, sometimes he's yeah. a nice guy. Sometimes your friend's dad is a nice sometimes. guy. Oh, huh? He's not, like I said, he's not always a douche, but he is. Well, no, he's not always a mean person, but he always is a little bit of a douche. Anyway, he's playing tennis with Sharona. Yes. And she's good. She's, she's got good. a good swing. And I do love. Uh, I actually wonder because Biddy Shram was in A League of Their Own. I don't know if maybe she took some of those lessons. Holy shit. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in forever, so I'd have to revisit that. Yeah, it, she, I don't. She wasn't top build, so I, I it's, you know, I didn't remember that either. But uh, Benji has the line where he says, "You know, why do uh, girls um, let guys win or whatever, um, or like, right, or something like that?" Uh, yeah, that, that's basically. And then Monk says, "You'll find out when you're older, and when you find out, you tell me," which is an uncharacteristically clever thing for Monk to say, but I do appreciate it. Um, I do, I actually really enjoy this like I actually really enjoy the monk and Benji dynamic. I yes. Never thought I would like be all about a kid actor because usually they're terrible mm-hmm. on these kinds of things. Yeah. But he's solid. He's not annoying at all. Yeah. So and I think I think that Benji, the kid who plays Benji, is not a great actor by any means. But I think that Tony right. Shalhoub is such a um uh-huh. such a patient actor, and I think that they don't make Benji. It. They don't make Benji precocious, but they also don't make him, like, a drag. Like, he's capable, but he's also not too capable, right? Like, because I think that yeah, that's... Yeah, he, what... he doesn't try to go out of his way. Like, exactly. as soon as, like, he finds something, he goes straight to, like, exactly. Monk or whoever's exactly. around. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, they go back to the telescope, and um, they look back up in the room, and they see Fenimore in there, and Monk has a great line where he asks, uh, <laughs> Benji, can you read lips? <laughs> right. Okay, and this and this kid says he's in sixth grade and can barely speak words. Like no, barely right, read man, words. What's going on here? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Sharona. Words. I know you have spent a lot of time with Monk, but like maybe you should be uh, taking your kid to a Kumon Learning Center one time or two. Um, yeah, man. Like please. Um, or any other learning center. We're not sponsored by Kumon. I don't want to give them any. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what ones are still around. I think Sylvan probably is not around anymore. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, so. Monk gives a call to Disher uh, on a payphone because, of course, oh, yeah. he does. Um, the only police presence here. Folks. And Disher uh, basically, because he asked him about Fenimore, who they apparently had, him and his wife apparently had a domestic incident where the charges were dropped the next day. Um, so, like, once again, like, real, like, I don't feel bad that this guy was, was you know, harassed by the, by, not the police, by Monk by, for a little bit, because it's like, you know. Okay. I just watched this episode and I completely missed that detail because I was writing um, about how I think either before that or right after that he makes like a Bates Motel reference. Oh right, yes, yes, that uh, um, uh, Bronwyn makes says like saying that the hotel's run by like the Bates or oh no 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 Disher says that right and then uh, yeah Disher says that 
I don't know. I just like. I took the note that it's funny, but I don't know if Monk would get that reference because he didn't get the Sting reference earlier, and he didn't get the Scarface reference later. So Uh, I didn't. Wait, there was a Scarface reference. Or not Scarface. There was another crime movie reference. I'm I. Oh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas, right? All right, 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 right. I knew when I said Scarface, I'm like that does not make sense. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Um. Then after he has the phone call, the maids are in a huff. Lupe quit. And. Yeah. You can just tell the way that Tony's reacting to this, like, I feel comfortable saying this about a fictional character. Tony's definitely racist. Like, he's just, he just is, like, just a, super dismissive to their concerns and is just, I mean, I know they are the murderers or whatever, but, like, Tony really doesn't come off good. He needs some sensitivity training, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, imperialistic vibes he it, was given off. I honestly, I didn't even consider... He's British. He was yeah. a British guy. He was no, a British no, guy. No, 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 I understand. But the thing, I think the thing, too, is that, like, he also definitely looks... The actor who plays him looks like he is, like, the Viceroy in a movie that takes place in British India in, like, 1899, right? Yeah, like, I, I immediately thought British India, 100 Yeah, that's his whole vibe. And especially, like, the tan suit and stuff. Like, not the tan suit, but, like, a yellowish, because I don't want to say tan suit, because that brings Barack Obama, who would way more drip than him. But, um... And also, Monk only wears tan Correct. Uh, tan he just, he wears an ugly suit is what matters. Anyway, um, so, yeah, and they basically, there's a... The thing that I don't like about this episode is that they have the same kind of scene over and over again where they're like, Tony, give us more time. And he's like, you have to be discreet. And it's like, okay, I, we got this already. And I, Because I have like multiple things where it's like the, the note I have for this scene is just discussion with Tony. And I'm like, well, what the hell happened? This happened six times in the episode. Well, hold on. I have to, I just have to chime in here. Um, so, um, the guy who plays, uh, the guy who you just said, the British guy, mm-hmm. his name is Graham Harley. Mm-hmm. And okay, we can cut this out. I thought he died like the year after, but I read that completely wrong, and he died in 2010. I'm not gonna cut that out because that would be fun if he. I, okay, <laughs> it wouldn't be funny if he died the year after, but it, it would be funny if he died the year after. I mean, so like, I I would have been yeah. like, it's been fucking funny if like, well, not yeah. funny, but like, it would no, be, yeah, it, I I just said it. I think I summed it up when I said it wouldn't be funny, but it would be funny, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. They then, oh, I forgot to mention, when they're looking at the telescope earlier, they see Fenimore talking to a younger lady, um, who then, yes, yes. you know... Uh, is revealed. Yeah, it's revealed it's his assistant. Um, so they confront Fenimore again, and they want to like go back in his room and talk to him, and he's like, the Hong Kong markets are opening. Um, or his assistant says that, and Monk somehow knows that it's an, an Independence Day type thing in Hong Kong, which is slightly ironic in a yes. sad way, given that Hong Kong doesn't have independence anymore, but whatever. Um... <laughs> but it's t- also funny that right, bef- right before that, mm-hmm. he um, someone asked him, I think they asked him, are you happy? And he says, I'm never happy. Yeah, yeah, Fenimore like asked him that. Another great monkism. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, no, it's after that, because that's when they go into the hotel room, and surprise, surprise, there's a surprise party for John Fenimore. Um, Correct. Yeah. So, you know, the bad guys a lot of times win, so... Um, I, I've never. And Monk tells yeah. Monk tells him when he conf- when he confronts him, he tells him that he's sixty five to seventy percent mm-hmm. sure that he murdered his wife, which is proven false because then his wife comes out and surprises him mm-hmm. along with it. So that's basically yes. how they find out that he that the wife wasn't dead. Yes, John Fenimore was but what we call a red the, the f- Correct, and the but the fact of the matter remains is that Benji saw someone getting, getting someone getting murdered in that room, and, and the thing is. The good thing is we saw it too, so like we know Benji's right. Because this episode would be really, really frustrating if you didn't know for sure that Benji was right. 
Um, right, yeah, correct. Um, so then we cut to Sharona getting ready um, for her date with Sean, who's, like, just so clearly an asshole. And the thing is, like, normally I would complain of how obvious of an asshole he is, but, like, I'll tell you Wait, this. Wait, you what, missed the scene, you missed no, the scene. I, what I, missed oh, the scene. right, crap, I did miss the scene, tell me. The black light scene. No, I didn't actually miss that or scene, like, that's, that's right afterwards. I apologize. Um, okay. Sharona goes on the date after the scene, but she's getting ready. Yeah, she's getting her. ready. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just going to say that you know, I would want to criticize Sharona for not having a good enough judgment to not date all these obvious jerks. But as you say, when oh, you do, when you at some point do meet her ex-husband, it's, it tracks. So, um, yeah, it's, oh. yeah. So, you know, she just doesn't treat herself right. And that's, that's unfortunate, but that happens a lot. Um, so, yeah, she leaves. Um, you see a Benji's drawing a comic character called Captain Invisible. Uh... This guy's a no, no Stanley or Jack Kirby. Um, probably gonna do have another day job, Benj. Uh, Captain Invisible. You know I, God, I know just that's trash a, and Benj. You know I know that that's a shitty superhero. I can see him. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I, wow. I thought of that joke when I was watching it, and I'm like, I, I have to pivot to being a roast comic for three seconds just to get that off. Well, luckily for you, there's another roast coming very soon. That is true. Oh God, I, I have a lot to say about that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get to it. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned the blacklight scene. Um, Brown comes in and, uh, you know, first she offers Monk an individually wrapped toothpick, which is important. Right. Uh, and I yeah. think all toothpicks should be individually wrapped, and I appreciate that she has them as such. Yeah. No, like, uh, basically her whole thing, her whole shtick this whole episode is making reference to, like, crime or like cop mm-hmm. movies or something now I have a question and, do you uh, think do you think she's hitting on Monk because I got that vibe several times but I wasn't sure if that's what they were going for I kind of but like I don't think they pushed it enough for like that to be obvious yeah because I did know I, I think I know uh, when I went on Polly Draper's IMDb page I also did see that she is among other like actors who live in like New York and stuff good, really good friends with Tony Shalhoub that's how, why she's on the show that she's been friends with oh Tony no Shalhoub shit yeah. okay yeah um I had a call. I don't know if but I mentioned. But they find out that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just. Right, I don't mention. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast before, but I did have a college professor who was friends with Tony Shalhoub, and I would reach out to her about getting Tony Shalhoub on the pod, but she was like eighty, and uh, I haven't talked to her in six years, so not gonna do that. Um. Anyway. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll have. I'll tell you. I happen to know she's a great fan of the show. So. Oh. Oh. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Doctor Rockamora. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Anyway. There um, go. Yeah. So. Blacklight, you want to talk about it? You've jumped the gun a couple times. Tell me about. Yeah, I just like, okay, because I want to know. Like, she mentions it's not it's not just your typical black light. Mm-hmm. It's a like all sorts of light mm-hmm. test, but apparently it can detect up to yep. fourteen bodily. You have fluids, the same question I do. Which, okay, there like, are fourteen <laughs> bodily fluids. Is what your question is, right? Uh, I mean, right? I don't know. All right, you're not gonna. You don't have to say anything because you know you have dig dignity. So, saliva, blood, yeah. semen, fecal matter, urine. Um, we'll say, like, teardrops is a separate body fluid. Blood. What? We said blood, right? Yeah. We said blood? But, yeah. Okay. Teardrops. Uh, plasma? Pla- uh, no, I don't think that because that's part in blood. Because there's no plasma separate in your okay. body. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Bile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bile. Spinal fluid? Spinal fluid. That's spinal good. Fluid? Okay, spinal fluid. Um, uh... Yeah, I think that might be it. Um, actually, there's definitely more, actually, obviously. But, like, in terms of things... Pus? You, pus. Pus. Oh, right. You definitely need to detect some pus. Um, uh, yeah. All right, guys. Write in. Like, we okay, need five yeah. more. Write in at Strictly Munkin. 
with other body fluids. And keep in mind the ones you probably should have, you should be able to at least like somewhat secrete. Like I don't know how often that black light is being used to detect spinal fluid. If someone's leaking spinal fluid, there's usually evidence, more evidence than just it like you needing a black light to see it. But uh, anyway. Or what would be more dis- what would be more disturbing if like it detected all these like bodily fluids? Oh no, the word is bodily fluids. Okay, so we can't like include like wine or something stupid like that. No, okay. it is bodily fluids. Anyway, so yes, they okay. use the bodily fluid camera, like the light, excuse me, all over Monk's room, and it is great Tony Schlub. Also, how the fuck did they put this, like, on TV? It seems like a really gross joke. I don't know about you, like, It is, but I think that so much of what you can and can't put on TV is about being explicit about it, and I don't mean explicit as in, like, dirty. I mean, like, you can get away with so much, like, if you don't actually ever, like, the FCC is so much more concerned. Well, there's actually two things. One, the FCC is much more concerned about words and actual direct references than they are to anything implicit. Two, more importantly, technically speaking, cable channels can air whatever they want. It's just that most basic cable channels have agreements with their. Pa- yes, exactly. So, if a, if a, if USA Network wanted to, they could, as far as I know, could show like naked women and drop as many f bombs as they wanted. That's why Breaking Bad was able to do like several f bombs because they basically like got they were so popular they basically made a deal with AMC. AMC was like, okay, fine, we know we still can get advertisers if you say fuck a couple times. Um, but yeah, so you, okay. that joke yeah. you could get away with. Um, then we cut to you would think uh, yeah, that advertisers would be fine. You would think that advertisers would be fine with like a, a couple of f words on a show about a guy who like sells crystal meth. You know, you like, see. I mean, I don't want to get into the ass backwardness of puritanical America, but I think that, like, I mean, I, I don't know where you've been. Like, this is the paradox of America, the, yeah, the whole the whole right. thing. Um, you're right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you, some of the murders on Monk yeah. are disturbing, and this show is like TVPG. No, nah, I think it's TV14. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so we go down to Sharona's date night. Um, this is kind of a lot of intercutting um, here. She's on the date night, um, and... Uh, Braun wins in the basement, and long story short, she finds some blood, and she almost gets killed, she thinks, by someone trying to push some types over on her. Um, but then, uh, and then... And Monk and uh, Benji, Benji are in, the, arcade. in the hotel arcade, which is a pretty nice arcade. I it don't is. think I've ever been, like, one of those hotel arcades that had, like, yeah. uh, you know, like, those basic... I've machines. been some pretty good hotel arcades, uh, like, I was once at, like, a Disney, one of those uh, hotels. You know, like the hotels that are owned by like Sheridan that like they you can get put up in if you like listen to someone tell you about timeshare for three hours. One of those they had a nice arcade. Um, I work in hospitality. I know exactly. What you're talking yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Um, so now will you have to arrest me if I tell you that we had no intention of buying the timeshare? Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Monk has a crisp dollar bill that he gets tokens with, which I think is great. And but more importantly in the scene, <laughs> Benji finds glasses on the ground broken glasses which you know yeah. i see wearing a pair of glasses now broken glasses on the floor can only mean one thing that's the if you i just saw broken glasses on your cam it's like damn andre died yeah nah you're you'd be right and i'd hope you had a crisp tan suit to change in and solve this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but okay we gotta talk about the comedian i mean i think that um i think that that's uh I hadn't thought about it that much when I had watched the episode growing up, but it's the thing I've been thinking about the most since... It was dreadful. And the thing you have to understand is that this comedian, whose name is Chuck Byrne, is credited as himself. So he's a shitty comedian on this episode, and he's like, I want my name attached to this. 
is he have you seen any of his other no material? i never heard of one but the thing you have to understand is i think growing up in because there was in, in the town right over next to mine like i kind of was in like a two twin cities not twin cities but like two towns that everything was either in one or the other so like in the town next to Ponagoda where I'm from, Port Charlotte, there was a comedy club that occasionally, like once every two months, would have someone like a Ralphie Mae type like level comedian, right? But they okay. s- they still had to fill up like you know eight, seven or eight shows a month. So I think you think people don't realize is how many, and it's not like they were the the, the non successful comedians they were getting were not like the ones you see on like Comedy Central Presents or whatever. They were, because young people aren't going to that comedy club. It's all old people. So the amount of hacky stand-ups that exist in America and make more money than the stand-up on Twitter with 250,000 followers will blow your mind. Like, it is, like, I, I, would, I would say that the thing that I think would shock almost anyone under the age of 40 is that I would guess, I would actually bet a lot of money that at least the number three, I would say, I would guess number one, but at least the number three most successful comedian monetarily last year was Sebastian Maniscalco. I think he probably made more money from doing comedy than anyone else in the country. So. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Exactly. My mom and dad love him. Anyway. Um, so, yes. Oh, that, I, that My point being that there are just so many hacky comics who just do shows like that. But anyway, this Chuck Byrne character, he, you know, starts making fun of Monk. He starts heckling Monk because... Because uh, he's gonna Chuck is gonna do a joke about a guy on the beach he saw in a suit and Monk's there, and what's Monk doing as he sees him? He's uh, trying to even out a bowl of peanuts. Well, two bowls. Of one peanuts, of them had yeah. more than the other. Yeah, one of them had one more than the other, or a few more, whatever. And then he goes on stage with Monk, and I mean, then Monk goes on stage with him, and it's just rude. And I want to know the life history of the people who are laughing at these jokes, because clearly. Clearly, Monk is not mentally well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's a really tough. It's a really tough scene to watch for a little bit. Yeah, I think it. I think I think we don't talk about it a lot because we don't want to admit how bad we were about it. But like, I think people. I I think if we were to go back, and I think I'll probably realize it's going through other episodes of Monk, how widespread making fun of people with obvious mental illness was is just a thing people did. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. I watched True Romance the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, no, last night, actually. Jesus. <laughs> I mean... That movie does not play well. No, it doesn't. I was going to think, beyond just the special needs stuff, um, the yeah. whole... Uh, to see him Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper is in itself exclusively... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I mean, I hate to say it's still it's still a good movie in my opinion, but I mean, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's still a good movie. No disrespect, but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, this comedian, he's I don't even need to go through his bits. You guys watch the episode. This is actually not important for the plot. Monk just is getting yeah. clowned on by this guy who truly <laughs> look. He's like a such a. Chuck Byrne. He I looks ho- like he's in the Mighty Mighty Boston's. He, he he just looks like such a doofus. Um. Anyway, yeah. uh, this so this intercuts with Benji. Yeah. This this ho- super dumb ho- scene yeah. intercuts with Benji doing what? <laughs> yeah, he's in the arcade, and so he's there like with another guy, with another kid on the other machine, and so Benji's like standing over the machine that's out of order, the one mm-hmm. that the glasses were were, were under previously. Mm-hmm. And the guy tells him, I bet that 
that that machine still works. Mm-hmm. Like they're just trying to like get you to use the more expensive machines. So like in the midst of Benji trying to work out this new machine, he discovers or no, he goes to try to plug it in, mm-hmm. and the the back of it opens up and mm-hmm. he sees a body. Yeah. Now. And that is the body. Yes. Now the problem is of course that he runs away and grabs Sharona. Rather than yeah. standing by the body, knowing like, "Hey, I'm not gonna blow this again." Um, so, surprise, surprise, when uh, they all come back to check out the scene, she's not there. And yes. um, at this point, I kind of do understand people not believing him because it's like, "Fool me once, shame on you," you know. Um, uh, yeah. It's like what George Bush once said, that there's this phrase that we have in Texas, I don't know if they say it in Tennessee, but oh fool me once, yeah. shame on you, fool me twice, you don't get fooled again. Um, yeah. That actually is not applicable here, I just love that. Um, so, yeah. I, this this scene in particular really hit that uncomfortable thing about kids not being believed, because it's like, this poor kid. Because the thing that this episode kind of glosses over is like, if you're not, not I guess he's 11, if you're 11 years old, and you see someone get murdered, no one believes you. And you then see a body, and no one believes you. That is something you talk about in therapy for decades. That is the most traumatic yeah. thing. <laughs> You're not working that out at all. No, he need, they leave. Like, I don't care that Sean needs a vacation. If your son says, I saw someone get murdered, he is catatonic the rest of the time, and you leave. <laughs> you don't stay on That's vacation. True. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, then they cut to like wh- they investigate they, oh, the arcade what? a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I believe that's where they find the lime. Um, yes, correct. Yes. Uh, which is yes, when which they is mentioned used, that that good was used to like yeah. break to, to like cover scents in Goodfellas. Covers the scent of yeah, uh, yeah, in Goodfellas. Um, and so then we go to cut to poolside. Sharona is lounging by the pool. Um, and uh, Monk decides he's going to do a little investigating because um, the, the, the lime was the first clue. And he right. finds the maintenance shed. Um, and uh, he somehow gets into the window, which they could for Tony Shalhoub. He's still he's spry, you know. Um, How did you not see the fucking spiderwebs, man? Yeah. I, for someone who's so concerned about stuff like that... Um, yeah. N- now... I think that the once he does get into the spider's web, I think everything he does from then on out is completely rational. That's what if you got spider web on you, you gotta act like that. Yeah, yes, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no one's faulting him for that. I, that's no something I deal with a lot. Uh, really? How, okay. When was the last time you full on walked through a spider's web? Like two months ago. Really? Wow. I guess I've been living in New York and New Jersey for a while, and since and in Florida, even though there are a ton of spiders, you're not walking through really enough closed enclosed spaces. It's so open. Um, Definitely happens in LA. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so he breaks into it through the window, and um, he gets caught. He well, he sees a bunch of uh, bags of lime, and then he gets caught by the maintenance man, um, who is. One of the few characters who ever is immediately calm and rational about the whole situation. Yep. Like, Monk's just like, have you gotten lime stolen? And he's like, yes, let's talk about it. 
Yeah, Raleigh is his name. Nice man. Shouts to Raleigh. Like, he's just gonna be like, yeah, okay, thanks for noticing. I don't mind that you broke in because you're gonna help me. Which is probably the right response, honestly. Yeah. Um, Yes. And uh, a detail I like a lot is that um, Monk points out that the... Uh This, like, the pallets and stuff were stacked in such a way that you could get out of the window if you were short. Um... Now, at this point of the episode, did you think it was the Did it occur to you that it was the maids? Um, no, not to me, but actually my girlfriend, uh, she noticed it. She she called it. She knew what it yep, was. So, shouts to her. Um, she uh, called it, like... Na- she, yeah, she called it when, like, they, like, cleaned the room. Or, like, when they went to the room, like, that early. She was just mm-hmm. like, the only people that could have done this is the cleaning crew. That is true. And you know what? So I think that, that what that tells me is that when I do inevitably see your glasses on the ground and you are dead, I'm going to assume that it's her, but I won't be able to catch her because she's smarter than you, so she's going to outsmart me too. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the first time I saw this episode, I didn't know what was going on. Um, but uh, I do love the phrase, a short gang of lime thieves. Yeah. Um, I like that too. Uh, and... Um, oh, a thing that happens that's great bef- when they're at the poolside, if I had to mention this, is when yes. Monk mentions that sean's married um which also he just has such married guy cheating on his wife on vacation energy yes Um, but also previously in the episode they did focus on the fact that he was writing a freaking check yep uh and you know it's uh i think i'm of two minds about that always because it's like you do have to establish that it is something that monk noticed however it's like you wouldn't be showing this if not for the fact that it's important um but mostly I think it's fine because I think it's, it's I would prefer it that way than the other way you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so we then um, uh, cut to a scene of uh, Sharona and um, Sean playing excuse me playing tennis again or oh, she's not going easy on him which is great just you know great callback she's callback. him mhm and then um, Monk and Benji are in Monk's room and they have a good talk and uh, Benji hits the actor who plays Benji hits a spectacular sorry full goes full Canadian in a way that I really appreciated. I don't know. Did you notice that? Because you noticed it the last couple times that it's happened. I did not. I did not. No. A big, big old sorry. Um, it is funny that the word that people most commonly make fun of Canadians for saying differently, they actually always do. Like it's it's a correct stereotype. It is the one where they just they can't get right. Um, what is it about? That sorry. Like, about well, about I think sorry now is probably more common because I think that this, as the stereotype of Canadians being overly nice has grown, right. like this, the thing is that oh they say sorry 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 and then a boot, uh, and house, house, you know, um, house and uh, hockey, hockey. Mm. Um, actually, people from like Minnesota say that too. Um, That's anyway, uh, yeah, I had a cousin. Well, I. I have a cousin who played hockey youth hockey growing up and he for a while had some canadian accent words and it's like you're from freaking uh rockland county new york i don't know where you got that from anyway um <laughs> no disrespect i mean i love having a cousin that says house um but uh so monk and benji i forget exactly how they get on the topic but it occurs that they're talking about how monk got his room cleaned by the maids right how it took a whole team yes to clean his room Yep. And then he has the epiphany, oh, it's the maids. And now we're off and running, right? Yeah. So they break into the maid. They break into the maid's locker room, and what are the two things they find? They find that uh, her clothing 
um, is her like regular clothing is still in her locker, meaning she never changed mm-hmm. out of her uh, maid uh, maid mm-hmm. uniform. And secondly, they discover mm-hmm. obviously like uh, there was a misplaced tile on the wall. Uh, it was upside mm-hmm. down, and so they like figure mm-hmm. out that it was recently uncovered, and they find a digital camera. You remember those? Yes, and if, I love the line where Benji's like, "But it's so small." It's like, is it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's not just that it's the thing that makes it funny is not just that they have old technology because I, I actually kind of hate when movie rewatch podcasts in particular like fixate on old technologies like aging poorly it's like everyone knew what technology we had in 1985 like we knew we didn't have cell phones you don't need to keep mentioning it you know what i mean yeah but 2002 doesn't feel that long ago and some things about the show are still perfectly normal but when you hear things like that it's like digital cameras were that small like i don't know i think it's because in every other way it feels modern except for like tiny technological things it's like oh wait this was uh, back when you know you could that that camera probably held like ninety photos. Anyway, this is basically they learned that uh, there are financial documents, photos on these cameras. Yeah. Um, which honestly, their scheme is very good. I, I respect yeah. their scheme a lot. I think it's really smart. I do too. Um. Uh. So, I don't. This is you know if you're made and you need inspiration. Um. Actually, I probably wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do this scheme because they got caught. But anyway. Um, then they make the mistake they get they get caught by the maids they leave then they come back with Bronwyn and of course everything's been changed you know it's yeah classic TV show BS mm-hmm. um, uh, so they're, they're you know they're, they're, they know it's the maids but they don't know how yeah and this whole time there's like a weird like ticking clock going behind them because the hotel manager keeps being a prick about it keeps telling him like you gotta be out at noon the next day and then he extends it to Mm -hmm. four I think like he's pushing his deadline he's gotta like solve the murder which is ridiculous because if that's a murder then you call the police after that like if you can't solve it yourself yeah exactly yes it's definitely irresponsible um very much uh mayor of from Jaws vibes from this guy um I mean not 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 as much obviously the mayor from Jaws is like the the, the there's a reason why he's like the, the mayor Jesus from figure. Je- the mayor from Jaws. Yeah, he's like the Jesus figure of irresponsible like business owners and politicians and movies. Yeah. Um, but he's like this guy's channeling that a little bit with a little bit of like you know uh, viceroy of British India. Yeah. Um. So we go back to the pool the next morning. Monkey's you know really worried about not being able to solve the case, uh, and then Benji comes running up that he sees a body. And this bit's really stupid. I actually really hate this scene. Yeah, me too. Um, what happens? Uh, yeah, they come to the beach and they see like a foot submerged in the sand. And you obviously see like a straw mm. right next to it. So the viewer mm. knows clearly that person's still alive. And there are people yeah. around. Yeah, exactly. There are people around like giggling. Yeah. Also, how close is that beach to the pool? Because if it's like a reasonable length but like between the beach and the pool... That is the guy who is, I mean, the girl who was doing that probably did set the record. She said, did I set a record? And it's yeah. like, if you were under there from when Benji saw you, had time to process what it was, went back, rapture, and a veil went over, dude, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's some validation to that scene. And no, I mean, it's, it's, that's assuming yes. that 
this scene makes okay. sense. If, if I'm going to say that it actually does make sense, then this person inc- has incredible breath control. Um, but they got to check out there. Yeah. You know, they got they, they, they missed the deadline. Correct. And, you know, and Monk is really distraught about it, Benji distraught about it. Sharona is worried, just worried that, that the photos that they got taken didn't yeah, come out give well. give a shit about someone getting killed. About 2002. Jesus. No. Like, I mean, like, my... I would accuse my mom a lot of when we went on vacations to want to take too much photos. I think that I respect her enough to think that she would care more about a person dying than family photos. But you know, maybe she would. Maybe maybe I misjudged my mother. But um, so they're going over the pictures. Those photos end yeah. up being yeah yeah they end those photos end up being the uh, the, the key of the case. Um, we went through most no of this already. No pun intended. Give me just tell me what. Yes. It, oh, wow. Nice. Tell me. Just tell me. What is the What is the clue that um, Monk? So they uses? noticed that, like in the photo, there's uh, three pieces of luggage. Like, because the photo is like obviously off, out of focus. So they're to the right, and then the luggage to the left. Mm-hmm. And there's three. And then when they look at the lobby, when they are like about to leave the place, there's four luggage. And mm-hmm. I like how this whole scene plays out in yeah. complete silence. Just counting with fingers. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's nice touch. It's honestly fucking yeah. great. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just counting one, two, three, four. Um, the thing that happens before that, though, is Sharona literally tells Monk, just let it go. It's like, it's a murder. Yes. A murder. Yeah, we, can't, we can't dismiss that. That's true. And, and also, another thing, too, that I, I was going looking at my notes, too, that they're t- uh, Sharona asked Monk, like, with them, like, seeing the financial documents, like, would there not be record of insider trading or whatever? And it's, like, probably use their friends and family. That's still record of insider yeah, trading? Yeah, that's think true. That, like, the SEC, like, if there's any law enforcement agency that, like, actually, I mean, it's probably, I mean, if I'm being honest, like, they pro- don't actually pr- pr- prosecute the people who should be, but it's, like, if a bunch of random, you know, Latino and Latina people in this country started randomly hitting on a bunch of stocks correctly... <laughs> They would eventually figure the, 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 it out, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... The whole friend's family is like, that's... Flimsy. No, like, no one's dumb enough just to actually, like, insert trade themselves. Everyone does it through friends and family. That's, like, the whole thing. Um, like, uh, Martha Stewart wasn't friends and family with the CEO of that one company that was gonna, like, have a scandal or whatever. I did a sort of history on it. I forget exactly what it was. But anyway... Uh, that's how the episode ends. A thing I do wonder is that who the hell is going to arrest these maids? They're just here getting accused of murder, and yeah. what are they? They could run away feasibly. They're getting out. They're outnumbered, baby. That's true, uh, and, and they're not afraid to kill. We know that. I mean, it's really crazy that four maids would conspire to do all this. I mean, I think that the way that the video of them killing her is kind of played out, it seems like it's kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing because she wanted out, basically. Well, um, no, they don't explain well, that. They don't know the motivation. There's two things. Sure. Well, either that's what they—that's what they speculate. They, yes. Yeah. They speculate that I, they say either she got too greedy or she got a conscience. That did bother um, me, though. That did bother me. I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, okay, yeah. well, we never got an explanation, so that sucks. Yeah. I guess the thing is, it didn't bother me that much because, like. Ultimately, when you're in a con- criminal conspiracy with multiple people, the once you get to like the level of a excessive insider trading with like high, you know, high pressure stocks and like important people, yada yada yada, the threshold of what someone needs to do in order for you need to murder them is pretty low. 
Like, yeah. Like, it, it's 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 actually not hard to imagine the wh- why you'd have to murder this woman. Well, have to, well, but you know. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, they, yeah, they just get you know. It, uh, well, sorry, yeah. It's, it clearly was a spur of the moment thing, is what the video made it seem like. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's Mr. Monk takes a vacation. Um, what did what would you rate this episode? Um, I gave it a seven point five. Another uh, episode where I gave it a seven, you gave it a seven point five. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, was, I was gonna do seven, um, mm-hmm. but I really couldn't think of anything that I really didn't like about it. I guess is my whole mm-hmm. point. Um, it was just like an episode. That's fair. That's fair. But usually, like yeah, to go exactly. to go lower than that, there has yeah. to be something that really pisses me off. That that is definitely fair. Um, and like I said at the top of the show, uh, the first episode, I am not trying to. I'm not putting the effort to stay consistent with my ratings throughout the episodes. Um, I'll do a lot of work on this podcast. That's just not something I'll do because then I'll feel I'll be angry at myself. Like, why the hell did I give season one, episode three, a seven when I gave season, you know, six, episode four, a seven? I like this one so much better than the other one, which I'm not going to do that. Anyway, uh, Andre, where can you follow you on Twitter? At Andre Barrera. Thank you. Yes, and people can follow this show at Strictly Munkin. Um, please... Uh, keep, keep giving us your feedback. I really like hearing from you guys. I got a DM from someone who felt the need just to tell me that they like uh, Sharona more than Natalie, the his second assistant, which he, he – well, first he said he loves the podcast, which I appreciate. But it's like, dude, starting the conversation off with something we disagree on, let's find common ground. This is why this country's so polarized. Oh, no. boy. Um, and no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, the problem with a podcast is that, like, I know that you know that I'm kidding, but it's also like <laughs> there's some people who say bullshit like that. Um, right. But uh, you can follow me at the Jake Christie and uh, keep listening. Please rate, resubscribe. Um, I, you know, I uh, think this this podcast. There's there's definitely an audience for this podcast, and I don't know where it is to be frank. So if you know where it is, uh, please let them know and uh, tell us the things that we should do better in order to appeal to that audience. Um, unless it is uh, me not being as neurotic and fast talking, because that's kind of non-negotiable with me, unfortunately. Um, more importantly than that, though. Whoa. Do you feel that? We'll talk to you next time when we do Mr. Monk and the Earthquake. Oh, let's go. <laughs>